I've realized that, you know, we're all capable of anything. Mm. And I feel like liberate helped me expand into that mindset. Um, why not? Why can't I do it? I have people, you know, (laughs) so that's where I am right now. And I thank you immensely for helping bring me there. Welcome to the stay grounded podcast. I'm your host, Raj Jana, founder of Liberate, and it's my mission to help you become the most grounded, loving, and authentic version of yourself that you can be. Each week, I interview experts in the fields of mindset, spirituality, and emotional well-being. My brilliant guests share their tools, stories, and unique perspectives to help you develop the skills you need to show up fully for the people and things that matter most in your life. Now let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this very special episode of Stay Grounded with Angie Netterville. So uh, Angie is a recent graduate of one of our programs at Liberate called Precision Emotional Healing for Cancer, which is a program that uh, me and my team, uh, we started working on almost three years ago. Um, This is actually the program that really started Liberate for me after a dear friend of mine passed away from stage four cancer. um, I just saw the importance of mental and emotional health resources for cancer patients and cancer families and just how much of an impact that can make on not just their experience of treatment, but also just what happens after treatment, or let's say they do end up passing what happens to their families after they pass. I mean, this world of self-love work, of raising your confidence, of learning to um, transform challenging experiences into gold, into meaning, are life skills that we all need. But cancer patients in particular, I saw firsthand just how important it was. And so we started working on Precision Emotional Healing for Cancer then. And last year, we launched our official first sort of pilot program. Uh, And Angie graduated from that program. And in three months, witnessing her transformation has been profound. And so I wanted to bring her back, uh, or not back because she's never been on the show, but I wanted to bring her on the show um, and share her story, um, her story of um, you know being diagnosed with hairy cell leukemia at the age of 41 and getting two more recurrences before she really dove into the mental and emotional aspects of her health. Um, you know, what she was doing before she even got into the Liberate program and the types of like really describing her life and talking about what the Liberate program is. Ultimately, I get a lot of questions from people like, what is Liberate? How can Liberate help me? Well, I'm hoping this episode, if you're a cancer patient or if you're somebody who's going through the cancering process, um, even if you're not, I hope you can just understand what Liberate is. And eventually we'll be opening up more cohorts for non-cancer patients, um, and people that are just on a personal development path. But, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful to be sharing Angie's story with you. She truly is amazing, remarkable, and I'm so grateful that uh, we get to support the cancer patients and their families in our community. So I hope you enjoy this episode, um, hearing firsthand one, the transformations that are possible when somebody focuses on addressing the root mental and emotional stressors that are contributing to just 
nervous system dysregulation it creates and and fear and anxiety and worry like by taking specific actions you can actually erase all of that for good from your system and in this episode we show you how angie did that so enjoy it and yeah without further ado here is miss angie netterville enjoy hello everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of stay grounded Angie, it's so good to have you here. Thank you, Raj. I so appreciate being here and sharing this time with you. <clears throat> it is quite lovely. I do love spending time with you and I love just witnessing your journey. And, you know, I, I uh, obviously I do an intro before we hit the record button and I share what I love most about, you know, the guests that I bring on. And, and one of the things that's just been most inspiring is just witnessing your your level of willingness to to lean in Thank and you. to and to be vulnerable with yourself i think that you know it's one thing to be vulnerable with other people and to talk about your life openly but the vulnerability to to look at yourself and to hold the parts of you that might be hurt or the parts of you that might be scared and to shift the relationship there is a really beautiful thing and i've seen you do it so masterfully uh and so I just want to say that before we dive in, because. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate seeing that in you, too. And that's part of what has drawn me to you and your podcast and all things Raj. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, before we dive into anything about your, just, I actually just want to kind of set the container and the stage for what your life was like when you. Like before you got diagnosed, when you got diagnosed, when you got diagnosed again, like if you could just name and share kind of your, your, your what was going on in your life, the fears you might have been experiencing, the, the scripts, the challenges, like let's just paint a story because I think, you know, there's a lot of individuals that are, you know, unfortunately cancer is one of those, uh, you know, diseases that I think has about half a million new people getting diagnosed every year. There's 17 million people living with cancer in the United States today. It's projected to be 22.2 million by 2030. I mean, this is not something that's slowing down. And if, you know, you don't have cancer, you'll likely know somebody in your life who has cancer. So just you being able to share openly about what your life was like, what your support systems were like, what you were experiencing can really help set the tone for this for this episode so i'd love to open up the floor for you to just share kind of where you were at when you first got diagnosed and what you were feeling and what you were thinking as as you went on your journey okay yeah so i was 41 years old when i got diagnosed uh i had had my kids at a very young age um, my daughter was starting college uh that first semester of school um Life leading into that, uh, I had gotten divorced a couple of years before, and I think I was, you know, on this path to find myself and find life as my kids were teens and, uh, you know, no longer being a wife, and but also not being needed as much as a mother. And I um, started working seven days a week, six or seven days a week. Um, you know, my social life wasn't really full with, you know, a lot of it 
was based around my kids' activities and their sports. And as they were getting older, you know, I found that I had less to do. Uh, they didn't need me to drive them places and all of that. So I was kind of losing an identity in, um, you know, being a mom that was greatly needed. And so I poured myself into working uh, and I found that I was getting really tired, really run down, really um, just um, not really taking great care of myself. Uh, just And so in that time, um, I just would, you know, pop ibuprofen and go to work and, and keep on and not really mm -hmm. have much awareness of really what was going on in my body or in my whole existence, I would say. Um, but finally, uh, one day I had a fever that wouldn't go down and I broke out in a rash and I thought, okay, I might be contagious. I better stay home today. I didn't try to push it and go to work. And during that day, you know, the fever kept getting higher and I went to the emergency room thinking, oh, you know, they'll give me a little something. I'll go home. But um, they came and took my blood and probably maybe 30 minutes later, they came and took more blood. And I was like, okay, they took a lot before what's going on, you know, uh, why do they need more? And the person who had come in um, probably shouldn't have said it and realized she shouldn't have said it, but she said they really didn't like what they saw. Mm. Next thing you know, they're bringing a bedside commode in, didn't want me to stand or uh, walk around. And I... Uh, said, I've been working, you know, I can walk to the bathroom, it's fine. And they said, no, um, one of your blood counts is so low that we don't want you to try to even stand up. And so then I started to get a little afraid, of course. And, you know, all of those thoughts that go through your mind, like, uh, what's going on? Am I going to get out of here? Will I see my kids at home again? Will Will I get to go back to the life I had? You know, all of it came rushing in. Um, and, you know, that night was very fearful. So they ended up um, admitting me. And the next day I had a bone marrow biopsy. And thankfully I was in a good headspace that I could just reach this place of acceptance, because I don't know uh, if you're familiar with the process of bone marrow biopsy, but it's yeah. pretty bar pretty barbaric. They mm. they numb you a bit, but they actually kind of drill their way into your bone uh, to extract the marrow that's in the center. So it just you know it seems like there could be a better way, but they they drill all the way in and pull it out. And so that was my first experience. And, you know, with my kids being teens and being divorced, my support system was down a bit then, I would say. Um, I had a sister who helped take care of me. And my mom actually was going through breast cancer at the same time. So wow. it was it was a lot 
for our family. You know, I had friends who showed up and everything, but right in the beginning, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be able to go home, you know. Unfortunately, um, this was a Friday, I think, and they had to wait for lab results. Um, and I didn't find out until the following Tuesday that it was um, a rare leukemia, hairy cell leukemia, that I was told usually happened to men in their 60s. So I was even more rare um, being female. And I recently heard another st statistic about hairy cell that I hadn't known before that for a disease to be rare, uh, less than 1 million people in the world have it. And as of now, there are like 10,000 of us with wow. Harry's. Yeah. So that one kind of shocked me. Um, and to add to that, I was living in a small town with a small hospital that didn't even have its own like oncology floor. We had an oncology department, but um, so, you know, I didn't have really strong confidence. Um yeah. What I later learned too is that with hairy cell, a lot of doctors have never treated anyone with it. So, you know, I I had the feeling that I was going to survive and be okay. Eventually I got there. But at the same time, you know, there were a lot of things that didn't seem to be working in my favor. Um you know, I think anybody who gets a cancer diagnosis wants to know other people who have gone through it. And I didn't have any of that. Um, also, you know, we want for someone or to have that confidence that the people who are caring for us know exactly what they're doing and yeah. know so much about the disease. And that wasn't really the case. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for just painting that picture. I can only like, I'm like really kind of putting myself in your shoes and just really even feeling some of that fear and some of that anxiety that may have been present in, in your air. So you, so you got diagnosed once and then you got diagnosed what, three more times, two more times, more times. Yeah. What was that like? Like, you know, going through that process of, okay, it got cancer. Then you, you know, got some treatment, you went through some practices, you, you, you healed, and then you got it back again. Like, was that, did that create more noise? Did that create confusion? Like, what was, what was going through your mind as you're kind of like now, like, okay, I can only imagine, I'm like speaking as my, and please tell me if this wasn't the script for you, but like, if I'm like in that shoe, I'm like, God, what is wrong with me? It's like, like, is there something that like, I'm not doing right? Is there something that's like, yeah. I can only imagine the noise, but I'd love for you to speak to that. Well, you know, the first time I learned um, to reach a place of acceptance, and I think that served me very well. Um, the second time, I was newly married, second husband, married for about a year. And, you know, my thought going in, uh, after the first time was that I'm going to do the right things. This is never coming back. You know, even though I was told it was a recurring cancer, it was a, it's a chronic cancer. Uh, 
I had a really great doctor who I found who said, if it comes back, it'll likely be 20 to 25 years. So that's what I held on to. I thought, oh, I'll be well into my 60s. You know, this isn't coming back. Well, I was 47. Um, so it was about six and a half years later. And while the first time I reached a place of acceptance, the second time it was total resistance. It was, no, no, this isn't happening. You have to check again. You know, I went through all of the um, denial and switch doctors looked for new answers. And I um, finally realized that my resistance was not serving me. Mm. It was the resistance was bringing suffering but I think being in a new marriage and having a new life, I had moved to a new town in between. I started a new job and I just wanted all of that to be good and and not interrupted by illness again. Yeah. And you, so I'm like, okay, so that was the second time. Second. Then you got it back a third time. I did, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> so leading up to that, um, 2020 uh, lockdown. Got it. it. Because I was a I was attending an online webinar for hairy cell leukemia, and I <laughs> thought, oh gosh, I feel sorry for anybody who's diagnosed right now because you know with COVID, it, there's got to be some, you know, other factors that are going to make it more difficult. And uh, next thing you know, I go for a regular checkup and they tell me, oh, it looks like it's it's back. Um, and, you know, I, I remembered that denial wasn't going to help. Um, denial brought me suffering. Denial brought me pain. I just tried to lean into it, but it was still very hard. And scary because of COVID and the unknowns of COVID. Uh, but thankfully, uh, the type of cancer I have is a very slow mover. Um, they can kind of watch and wait. I was falsely diagnosed with COVID as I was trying to get my bone marrow biopsy uh, mm -hmm. to confirm that the cancer had returned. And uh, it actually served me well because um, I got to hold off on treatment they initially wanted to give me a non-chemo treatment that would not put me in remission as long. And I um, then got to wait and actually have chemo and it's supposed to put me in a longer remission. So I've been in remission now for two years. Yeah. And I, and I'd love to, it sounds like, you know, you've had a very stressful journey. There's a lot of stress present here. Can you speak to maybe the role that you intuitively feel like stress was playing in your cancer journey? And what were you doing at the time to like mitigate stress? I heard you say a few, you clearly have a very positive mindset that you've cultivated over time, which served you. But I'd love to speak about like, what were you doing? Or like, what were like, what were you trying to do? What were you wanting to seek? through like stress management and, and, and really reducing that as you were beginning your journey? 
Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned divorce and teenagers on my first bout. That's a lot of stress. The kids and I moved into a new house. And uh, so there was definitely a big stress factor there. My mom going through breast cancer at the same time. I um, learned meditation during that time. That was one of the blessings of the first bout. My my second bout, you know, um, my son was graduating from college, um, my second born. And right around the time of his graduation, my best childhood friend passed away and she had a blood disorder and she was diagnosed almost to the day, like years later, uh, you know, during the same month that I was. And as kids, we always, you know, tried to be like each other. We even dressed alike sometimes. And when she passed away, uh, I think I took on a lot of guilt in why did I get to stay and why did she go? Mm. And that was a process I really, really had to work through. Um, and so going through all of that, you know, the then the cancer came back on and I knew there was stress related to that. Um, I really, after that, you know, looked at what else can I do differently? You know, um, I'm here. What can I do differently? I started changing my diet. I, I talked to an integrative doctor. I had food sensitivity testing and all of that. And then I also started, I, I specialize in something called myofascial release. It's a physical therapy practice. And I started going to the local uh, cancer services and teaching classes on relaxation and myofascial stretching. And um, it makes me laugh a little bit now in that, you know, I was trying to do it for other people, but it really, really, really helped me uh, work through all that I was um, going through and trying to calm and be and um, so am I answering your question? Yeah, That's... yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're doing a lot and clearly like, I, it's interesting you mentioned the guilt piece. Like I think, you know, most people don't think of emotions like shame, guilt, anger, resentment as toxins in the body. Yeah. And, you know, in the same way that an environmental toxin or something outside of you might create immune responses or stress responses these emotional experiences can create them too. And so it's, it's, you know, and, and the third bout, it was clearly COVID it's, or it sounds like, you know, COVID. And then, and I'm not saying that those events created the cancer by any means. That's not what I'm suggesting, but it does increase the level of inflammation in the body. And if you're already prone to disease, then, you know, it is likely to come back. And so it's just something to pay attention to. And, and so I'd love to maybe now transition into like, okay, you're now in remission like, and you see some type of maybe an ad or something for the Liberate program, or maybe someone was talking about it. Like, what about the program spoke to you? And why did you feel like you would be a good fit for the Precision Emotional Healing for Cancer specifically program? Like, I think we were piloting it at the time. We didn't really even have the full program made, but something spoke to you. So I'd love for you to speak about like, what made you want? Why did you feel like this was a resource that could support you? 
Um, you know, going through a cancer journey, one of the uh, gifts has been just an intuitive sense. And I actually started following Dr. Nasha Winters on Instagram. She spoke to a group that I was in, a detox group. And um, one day I was just, you know, scrolling through and I saw a little video snippet of you talking with her about Liberate. And I have to say, Raj, I saw your face and I immediately felt trust. Mm. And it just so happened at that time, I knowing that there was an emotional piece, um, you know, a, a mental health piece, a, a stress reduction piece that I needed to get past, um, you know, this reoccurring cancer, I just immediately thought, oh, this is it. You know, it's been brought to me. I really didn't know much about what Liberate was going to be. I just knew you were doing it for cancer patients. I knew that it was so desperately needed for those of us going through cancer journeys. And I trusted you just by seeing your face and thought, okay, why not? Let's give it a try. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And one, I appreciate the the trust um, and the, the leap of faith. I think one thing I'm just noticing, and I want to, you know, for anybody listening, like one of the qualities I think makes you, Angie, such a, uh, an incredible example for, for those on the cancer journey is, is your level of trust, mm. like your willingness to get to those states of acceptance as opposed to being in denial and your faith in the healing process. Like, I can't tell you how we've seen, how much we've seen just in our communities, just how much that faith muscle, like you said, I think you said earlier, like you just had this intuitive knowing that you were going to be okay. Yes. Like, yeah. And can you speak to that? Like, you know, what is that, what is that part of you that really like has that trust and, and you had it before the program, did. but did the program help you cultivate that more? I would love to hear more about like how your relationship to faith has kind of shifted and, and what role you think that has played. And when I say faith, not just God, like, you know, we can put religion aside, like right now it's more about maybe faith in healing, faith in yourself, faith in, and how is yeah, I'd love to speak about that as well, if you can. I think I had, uh, well, I had faith and acceptance maybe all the way through, or, you know, those were things that I could navigate a bit. What I didn't have was confidence in myself or trust in myself that I was worthy of healing, that I was... Um, capable of trusting my intuition fully. Yeah, I would get a hit that I could trust you. But at the same time, I think that I questioned everything. You know, I I questioned whether uh, I was worthy of living. You know, I questioned what I was here to do if I did survive and knowing that I probably would survive, but you know, what does this mean? Um, and then when I was brought to liberate, you know, I had already been doing so many good things, um, meditating and, and watching my diet and, you know, 
looking out for toxins in the world and trying to avoid that. But I didn't have the day-to-day consistency or the support around me. You know, a lot of people in my life weren't in the same place. Mm So I think that's what led me there and also has, you know, made such a big shift in my life. How has the program helped you build that confidence in yourself? And how has the program helped you, like, can you, can you speak to maybe some of the transformations you've experienced around like your own, like, do you feel worthy of health? Like, you know, do you feel like you can trust your intuition and how has the program helped you kind of cultivate these skill sets if it has? Yeah. I, I would say my worthiness level has just like gone through the roof. Um, it's, you know, it's something that I probably will work on for the rest of my life, but also, um, you know, such a greater awareness. Um, it's like I showed up with my individual stuff and, all of you at Liberate has taken that and accepted me and everyone else right where we are and have given us permission to be in that space and know that it's okay, but also to look at, you know, the deeper things that have gone on in the past and have led me to where I am today. And not only with myself, but with other people, you know, it's, I've always been accepting of others, but I've never really fully dove into seeing people fully, if that makes sense. Uh, It's like every liberate thing I show up to, I am met with acceptance and love and knowing that I don't have to be anything for anyone. And I think you know, as a mom, as a grandmother, as a wife, as an employee, I always feel like I have to show up in that capacity of what others expect and want from me. And Liberate gave me a space just to be exactly where I am. And how has that supported your life? Mm. Um, You know, I talked about worthiness. It definitely has brought that up. It also just takes me to a place of um, any stressor is now more accepted. And also I see what used to be stressors are not so much anymore. I see it all through different eyes. Uh, I can just be and be joyful and uh, enjoy the day to day and when things show up, I laugh at it instead of, you know, getting all stressed out and down. And um, I just generally enjoy life more. I feel like something has opened up within me that wasn't there before. And how has your relationship to your cancer changed? Mm. You know, I think I feel so much more hopeful that I'm getting to the things that will prevent it from coming back. But I also feel like if it should come back again, uh, it's just meant to be. And I, I can work through that. And I notice all the gifts that 
have come with it. Yeah, and that's really empowering. Like that's what's so beautiful about. I think when we witness these types of transformations, it's um can't change life from being life. Life will continue giving us the exact medicine we need in order for us to learn the lessons that we were put here to learn as souls, yes. right? Like we came into this life with a certain set of lessons we were meant to learn and whether those lessons are delivered through cancer or relationship challenges or through whatever, you know, level of hardship that we were dealt with, but our ability to transform those moments into meaning is ultimately the skill set that creates resilience and allows for this strength to move forward. And I see that so beautifully in you. And it's, you know, it's hard to quantify like, oh yeah, how does worthiness lead to better health outcomes? How does confidence lead to better health outcomes? Well, that's it. It's like when we increase our our level of our sense of self, the way we see the world, we can move through life no matter what life throws at us and have a toolkit, a community, people cheering you on so that you can't yeah. be um, supported. And I see that so brilliant in you. Thank you, Raj. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I am curious, was there anything specific about the Liberate program that really supported you? Like anything that you did, maybe it was a program, the mapping process, the, the people, like if there's anything in there that really stood out to you that, and, and it really created an impact, I'd love to, to know. I think the initial thing, you know, before I even was mapped for the first time, uh, you know, the app and logging the triggers, uh, you know, sometimes we get triggered and we can't sit with it, but, you know, to go in and log and really look at it and have the awareness of the things that are triggering and also, you know, just some of the things that used to trigger me, you know, I look back now and it almost makes me laugh. Like, how could that even be significant? And I, you know, I still have triggers and I still log them, but it's like uh, just seeing it with more humor and more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just more ease, more um, acceptance. And uh, so that was a big one. Logging, mm -hmm. logging triggers, because I think without awareness, you know, we have zero choice. It's Ooh, that's it. And that's what uh, my favorite part of the programs we develop and the resources we create for patients and beyond is just that, right? Like a lot of times these responses to getting your labs back and, and being afraid or hearing something from a doctor, like... Mm -hmm if we recognize that we have awareness of our choice to respond, like, yes, there's this trigger that's coming in and you have the ability to pause before you actually respond. Like in that pause, there's so much power. There is. Yeah. I think the, the recognition of that and the practice, you know, I liberate gave me the chance and the tools to, just practice with that. You know, we don't stop and look at it. We go on with our day to day and um, the awareness in the practice. And then the practice it itself was just life changing. Yeah. What was your first mapping experience like? Ooh. 
<laughs> um, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I expected it to be kind of like counseling and I've seen a therapist before and thought, you know, okay, I'll tell my stuff and there will be suggestions, but it was more about just me getting in touch with me, um, getting in touch with past emotions and past, uh, experiences that were triggering and that I didn't realize I was still carrying. Mm. And so that process itself was so freeing and so enlightening. But then after, you know, I was given tools and, and things that I could do at my own pace to help me through it. And again, have more awareness, have more acceptance of where I am, where I was in the past and see things through new eyes once again. Mm. Yeah. The mapping process has that incredible ability to help you see yourself and, and yeah. sometimes for the first time in your life I remember my first mapping session I was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> even receiving it like, like we created it as a team but to receive it even it's just it continues to be just a powerful experience and and that's what's so cool about the program because you know with the mapping you get multiple mapping sessions so you're Yes. Almost watching yourself change the way that you speak to yourself over time, which is so beautiful. And uh and yeah, so it's it is it's that's what's so cool. Like I, I, I just love hearing your transformation because you know, and I really want to give you some kudos. Like you showed up. Like you showed up for yourself, like you really prioritized this part of care, which I think gets kind of forgotten. You know, yes. we want to focus on the diet. We want to focus on the supplements. We want to focus on all the other things because that seems to give us this sense of like, we're doing something. I can see it, but most people don't recognize that this part of the journey, the mindset, the resilience, the, the, the ability to, to hold space for big emotions, the, the belief systems that allow you to, you know, withstand bad news, the, to withstand a doctor that may not know how to speak to you you know like yes there's, there's so many stressors out there that you can't control but this piece just allows you to have so much power um it is, i i would say after going through all of this for so long this piece is number one because of the changes that i have experienced through liberate i feel less stress around doing everything else right mm. you know it used to be I'd go on vacation and I'd want to indulge in foods and wine and and I would still feel some nervousness like, can I do that? Is my immunity going to be strong enough if I if I do that, if I uh, eat triggering foods or I, I drink too much or something like that? And now, um, you know, my husband and I love to travel and I can do it without guilt or fear. Um, not that I'm going way overboard, but you know, it's just, I think the feeling of confidence again in, you know, the stressors are what cause the change in our bodies, I believe. So if I'm stressing less about having a glass of wine with dinner, then, you know, my yeah. body is not going to take that on. My body's not going to take that and turn it into cancer cells. That's why I, 
And I want to actually speak to that because one of the most eye-opening things, even for us, people who know this all the day, was your health uh, results after you finished the program. Could you speak to that? Because I, I think anybody listening who is actively in the cancering process or you know, just to really see the impact of this work on health. Like, can you speak to, you know, you know, the results I'm talking about, but yeah. I do. So, um, after the first bout, I was told that I would be given new normals, uh, in my blood counts and that I would never, ever reach a normal state. And, you know, that other people's values, blood values are, uh, I hadn't, normals for me that were lower than everybody else. And so I kind of always kept that in the back of my mind um, and didn't really have a high expectation. But after I went through the liberate process, I had blood drawn uh, by my oncologist and all of my values, every single one of them was in a normal range and everybody normal range, not just the ones that were set for me. And I, I don't think I've ever had a time where absolutely every one was, was considered normal. So that was a huge victory. That was just a big uplifting uh, moment of seeing those results and almost dumbfounded, you know, that this isn't supposed to happen. Was your oncologist kind of shocked too? Uh, you know, it's funny cause he stays pretty low key, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause I talk about things like, Oh, what about this? And sometimes they think I'm over the top with, you know, what I want to do for prevention and all of that. It's like, okay, he, he doesn't, he doesn't say a whole lot, but yeah, very pleased though. Very yeah. pleased. Doctor wants his patient to do well. Totally. And, and, and I, I think that's just so inspiring to me. And this is the thing, again, like we kind of intuitively sense it. It's hard to pinpoint specifically like, oh, if you do this, if you do this meditation, what what is different about the, the Liberate program versus just like doing meditation or just like doing hypnosis or just going to therapy? Like, can you speak like, like how, do, how does it, how did it differ for you? Because you were doing a lot of that stuff already. You were doing the meditations, you were doing all the yoga stuff, you, you had myofascial, like you were doing all of these amazing therapies, but why, why did, why did this program do you think had such a, a big impact? I think, you know, it kind of brought everything together in a way that was tailored for me and exactly where I, um, also again, you know, consistency. I, I was part of this community and I, you know, did daily meditations that were more tailored for me based on my mapping session. Um, I also, you know, I'm not going to say held accountable because again, you know, I was met with so much acceptance for exactly where I am, but when you show up on community events and you're with other people and you're all speaking about, you know, similar things, uh, it is a type of accountability, but with a, you know, a very gentle acceptance. And um, so I think what came together was that it was all based on my mapping and mm -hmm. four wounds that I hadn't realized. Um, 
So before I was kind of, you know, just doing the things that I thought I should do, but this brought everything together in a way that I had never experienced. And it was all mine, you know? That's beautiful. Yeah. That's Angie. I am like such a big fan of you. Um, and I am wary. So what's exciting about in your life right now? Like now that you've finished the program, you're feeling like you've got a whole new, you know, one of my favorite emails you've ever written to me was the one you talked about how you, you've almost found your purpose again in some ways. And so like, can you speak about that and what you're excited about and what's, and, and, and what maybe even like fears are now showing up, like now that you're kind of in this chapter of your cancer journey, like what's, yeah, what, what are you experiencing? And, and, and I think it's cool. I'd love to hear it. Cause I think it would give anybody listening just hope of what's possible and like what your life can look like in the reality. It's not like the fears go away. It's not like life gets any less lifey, but it, it's almost, you're still have a smile on your face and you're showing up. And so I'd love to learn more about just kind of where you're at and what's next for you. Um, you know, it's, it's been interesting. You know, I have felt a sense of purpose in helping other cancer patients all along. Uh, I just never had the confidence before. Mm -hmm. Um, I watch you and all that you've done. And so much of what you do is, you know, it's not exactly what I feel is meant for me, but it's part of, you know, the heart, putting the heart into helping other people. And right now I've been looking at, you know, I told you I was teaching myofascial stretching classes and um, I stopped in 2020, you know, we with lockdown and, and then never went back to it just because I like the flexibility in my schedule and everything. Uh, my husband and I travel a lot, um, but I've been looking at a way to do this online and give, um, you know, support as I did before in teaching the myofascial stretching to uh, cancer patients, their caregivers, and, you know, really opening it up so that more people can access it. I had a lot of people who came to my classes who said, I want to uh, share this with my family. They don't live mm. near, here, you know, and I've never fully dove into that. And uh, I feel like that's a space that I want to create. And did you feel like the Liberate program helped you kind of build the confidence or like, like how did it support you in getting ready for this next chapter? Yeah. You know, I, I doubted myself and I, you know, I still have a little trouble with the tech stuff and getting everything going, but I, I've realized that, you know, we're all capable of anything mm. and, I feel like liberate helped me expand into that mindset. Um, why not? Why can't I do it? I have people, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I am right now. And I thank you immensely for helping bring me there. Yes, yes <laughs> go Angie, go. Oh my God. I'm such a cheerleader for you. This is so good. I, and I, and I love that. You know, I've always found that, you know, your mess becomes your message mm. and, you know, the things that you go through in your life. Like when I think of like purpose is almost like a cycle. It's like we go through these challenging moments mm -hmm. and then you break through it 
And in order to like kind of complete the journey, you almost need to start like you help people who are just like you with your gifts. Yeah. And it feels like you're kind of on that other side now where you've kind of gone through this hero's or heroine's journey. And now you're on the other side, getting ready to help people who are just like you with skills that are unique to you. Well, that's, that's part of what I have felt all along that part of my purpose in having this cancer is to get through it without all the traditional uh, therapies and meaning chemo, radiation, all of that. I uh, feel like part of my purpose is not only to get past it, but to be an example and show other people that it's possible. It's a huge, huge example that I can be. And it's a big feeling of purpose that I, I didn't jump into until I found you. Mm. Well, we're just so proud of you, excited for you. I, I know that everyone on the team just absolutely adores you and adores having you in the community. And I love watching you engage with other patients and inspire them and cheer them on, especially when they're their labs aren't as great as they want them to be or when things aren't going in the way they want to. And for just to witness you in your purpose is such a gift. It truly is such a gift. And it's such a, a privilege to have played a, a very small part of your journey. And you're, you're doing the work. Like at the end of the day, like we created the space, sure. But yes. you chose to show up. You chose to lean in. And so, you know, I'm I'm just so proud of you. So proud of you in so many ways. Incredibly grateful to you and the whole team for creating this space. It's it's magical. It's life changing. And uh I love all of you too. Mm. Yay. So if any <laughs> uh, patients or caregivers are listening to this right now and you know is there any messages you would give to them about maybe joining the liberate program or maybe even just anything hopeful you can share with them about the journey anything you want to leave them with you're worth it do it you'll never regret it you will learn something um you will connect with yourself and you will learn to love yourself again if you if you don't already, uh, it's, it's life-changing. Just, just do it. Take the chance. <laughs> Angie, I have one last question for you in the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been, everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded on a day-to-day -day basis? But more importantly, um, what's one thing you've done to become more grounded? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think that I have learned to notice and accept what's happening in my body. Um, even before I found Liberate, you know, just kind of noticing that I'm not paying attention to myself. Um, I think I sit with my feelings more and and thankfully I have the time to slow down a bit and and just notice everything I'm feeling and notice too when I'm not in my body or not um 
living from a place of awareness. So proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Truly. Thank you. High five Thank to the screen. <laughs> Great. So for everyone listening, if anything we've talked about on this week's episode is interesting to you, or if you are a cancer patient, or if you know somebody who's currently on the cancer journey or their family members, and you'd like to explore what Liberate has to offer, uh, I've included a link to our cancer program in the show notes. Go ahead and check it out. You can also just go to liberate, L-I-B-E-R-8.health forward slash cancer. You can learn more about the program and when the cohorts are beginning. Um, I think we have a next cohort beginning in a few weeks from now for this specific, as, as of releasing this episode, but we will be having consistent cohorts for you to join. And um, again, Angie, thank you so much for being here and thank for you. sharing your work and your art and your heart and your journey. And um, I'm just really excited to, to be a part of this chapter in your life. I feel, feel like it's really exciting and it's just starting. And I'm truly blessed to know you and this process. Mm, thank you. All right, everybody, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your new friend, Angie. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Stay Grounded. No matter where you're from or what you're going through, I hope it helps you remember just how incredible you are and have always been. If you're on a path of emotional healing or self-discovery and would like to learn how Liberate can support your journey, head to www.rajana.com forward slash liberate. That is L-I-B-E-R-8 to learn more about our current group programs and one-on-one -on -one offerings. I love you guys and I'll see you next week.